Are you ready to lose those love handles? Do you work hard to stay in shape and eat healthy, yet you can't get rid of stubborn fat? Now there's a clinically proven way to help you look slimmer without surgery or downtime. It's called Sculpture. Sculpture's innovative procedure destroys fat in just 25 minutes with visible results as quickly as six weeks. Sculpture sounds amazing, right? Check it out for yourself by clicking on the banner or go to goodbyefat.com. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed in our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network. Well, like the disembodied voice just said, welcome to Chat Noir, Mystery and Suspense. This is our Maiden Voyage show, and I am thrilled to announce um, that our very first guest is renowned mystery and suspense author Nancy Mail. And um, uh, before I go on, I want to say we're part of the all-new Along Came a Writer network on Blog Talk Radio, and welcome Nancy Meal. Well, thank you very I- much. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show and let me brag on you a bit and I'll get back I'll get right back to you. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> so, so Nancy Mail lives in Festus, Missouri with her husband Norman and her very active puggle Watson. E- even your dog has a mystery theme name. <laughs> um, she's authored over 21 books and is currently at work on her newest series for Bethany House Publishing. Um, all of Nancy's novels have an added touch, something for your spirit, as well as your soul. Nancy's represented by um, super agent Steve Lobby. That's all I have to say. Okay. <laughs> Although I'm sure I could brag on you a lot more. <laughs> um, so um, so first, I want to talk to you um, about your books and your latest release. Um, but let's, I always like to begin with how you got where you are. You know, how did you get started as an author? Well, actually, I didn't start writing until I was 45. It was something that uh, I'd thought about, but not real seriously. And this is going to sound really corny, but um, they had the series on TV, Murder, She Wrote. And oh, yes. I really liked it. And yeah. one day I thought, that's who I want to be. I want to be Jessica Fletcher, but without the high body count, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so I was working at a bank then, and I had lunch hours, so I decided to just try it, see if I could write a novel. And you know how stupid that is. Uh, At the time, we think we know how to write a book, and then we find out what it really takes, you know, but I was at the naive spot. And so I sat down at the computer, I wrote three pages, and I said, okay, I am not supposed to be a writer, because this is way too hard. And then (laughs) something inside of me just said, one, try it one more time, and I did, and it's just like something took off, and I've been writing ever since then. 
took a lot of uh, time to learn the craft, to realize that it is a craft, that it isn't just throwing words on paper and thinking it's going to turn out to be something. Um, but that was about, well, about 15, a little over 15 years ago. And uh, I haven't stopped since. Mm. And isn't writing uh, what you would term as a continuous experience, learning experience? I mean, it seems like the more you think you know, the more there is to learn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've had a couple people lately talk about the very first book I ever had published, and it was with an awful publisher. I won't even tell you who they are, but if you can think of the worst publisher in the world, that it's that publisher. And I can they, think of that. They, <laughs> I think you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, anyway, they uh, they they liked it, and I was embarrassed because I know now everything that's wrong with it. And one lady, this just happened the other day, she said, well, are you trying to tell me that I don't have good taste because I liked it? You know, which really kind of put me on, on the spot there. And it wasn't that. I'm glad she found something in it that she liked. But every book you write, you know, the next one you go, I'm going to do this now, or I shouldn't have done that. It's it's always a learning process. Well, yeah, it's it's. Um, I don't think it's fair to compare our first book to our latest because, you know, everybody grows as an author. But if people really enjoyed it and they liked it, I mean, we had to have some sort of talent to begin with. And, and uh, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. But, you know, you just move on. Well, it must have you want to really go back raw. And... That's all. I... <laughs> you know, it must have been really raw. That's all I have to say. But, but yeah. So but it's, it's okay. You, know, you want to res- yeah, well, you want to respect what you did. You know, you don't want to. And I think that's what I was doing. I was looking at it just like it was something to throw away. And that's that's not a good way to look at it. But at the same time, yeah. you know, you hope that, that as time goes on, you get better and better at your craft. I mean, everybody should. So did you think when you first started writing, oh, boy, I've reached, um, wow, 20,000 words. I must be done. <laughs> you know, I mean, I had no idea how long a book was supposed to be. You know, and it seemed well, like, I don't, gosh. I, I don't know. I think mine was more like, oh, I've got 100,000 words. I don't think it's supposed to be that long. <laughs> <laughs> have, Not if you're writing I, mysteries, a, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, maybe sci-fi, but but uh, I think, you know, I think <laughs> it was trying to, to, you know, writing a lot of times is trying to say the most you can with as few words as you can, but you mm-hmm. still have to have that, you know, that word count and so as as you go on you know it gets I think you try to get more precise and and one thing I really have to work on because I can get you know I can get really wordy and and you know I like to really get into my character's feelings you know and so I look back and I have three mm-hmm. pages of their feelings and I'm going like this is not cut all this out <laughs> and go back to the to the <laughs> plot so learning to balance that you know, against you know your story which has always got to be the story it's always got to be the story um that's uh that's something that i think all of us you know deal with and and uh, i know i do but i'm working on it (laughs) well you know um i want to ask you why you're drawn to writing mystery and suspense because people always they always ask me that and they say what kind of weird person are you because you you think about killing characters off and and horrible morbid things (laughs) so what draws you to it well I you know even when I was young of course it's the whole Nancy Drew thing you know everybody that writes mysteries Mm -hmm. has that story but I think a lot of it I used to think a lot of it had to do with the puzzle I love the puzzle uh, in a mystery 
but um, I was at a seminar one time, and this was not a, a, a Christian publishing. It was um, just a secular mystery author's convention. And, of course, I cannot remember the writer's name right now. If I said her name, you'd know who she was. She's a very well-known mystery uh, author. But she got up, and she had a, uh, a talk, and, and it was the thing that she said that really impressed me was that in mystery and suspense, what we're writing about is good versus evil. And that's the mm, Yes. And it's yeah. that passion that we have, you know, for the good versus evil, that good has to win. And I think that that has something to do with it. It's, it's, uh, it, it, it gets, it's, it's passionate. You know, it's a passion that you have. And there, you know, there is evil in the world. But, I mean, the Bible, you know, has a bunch of really awful stories, too. But the story of the Bible <laughs> is yes. the, the fact that there's evil, but, you know, Christ has overcome evil. And so good wins. And so I think that's what we do, especially in inspirational mystery and suspense. You know, we are echoing the fact that good wins. And I love that. Yes. And don't you think that every good book, every good story has an element of mystery in it? It does, and I started out writing mystery, and I was uh, I was writing for a publisher uh, who we we had a cozy mystery uh, a book club is what it was, and they had decided to shut that down. And I had a proposal for one of uh, for a series, and I contacted the you know the head editor for this publisher, and I said, hey, you know I've got this thing, and I'm we're shopping it. And I, I was asking her, I wasn't asking her about that, I was asking her about the last books that were coming out, and I was trying to get my schedule. You know how writers have got to have some idea mm-hmm. of their schedule, because it can get crazy. And she said, why don't you take that and turn it into suspense? And I said, okay. <laughs> so, so I did. <laughs> you know, basically to me, suspense means, you know, instead of the clues solving the puzzle, it's more of an, an event that solves your... Or or you know, threats or something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. I did that, and then I, I wrote nine um, Mennonite-themed suspense books. And <laughs> But the thing about it that I loved from that publisher and Bethany House, who I write for now is that they know I have that mystery side. And that really is, I think, my core. And so they allow mm-hmm. me to use it in suspense. And I do. And people that read my books say, that was a good mystery. You know, not knowing that really it's not supposed to be under suspense, but they see the <laughs> mystery side. And right, so they see I, it in I, there. Exactly. And I think I think that mystery part is in everything I write. Well, um, okay, getting to that book. <laughs> Oh no, it does. But but getting okay. getting to that that book now, uh, which is the well. Let me just uh, say your what your series are first. The Curl Up and Die series, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. Uh, Finding Sanctuary series, and the we're going to talk about the final book in that series, which is called Rising Darkness, and, and that's um, your main character Sophie was raised a Mennonite. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Then there's the Ivy Towers Mystery Series, the Road to Kingdom Series, and the Harmony Series. Okay. Right. And so let's talk about Rising Darkness. And um, and what okay. kind of, uh, how did you get into writing Mennonite? What kind of research did you have to do? And, you know. It was never my idea. <laughs> it was not my idea. <laughs> it, was, it was the publisher's idea. And uh, I, I am not Mennonite. I had no clue, um, you know, how to do it. So, yes, it did take some research. And um, 
uh, so I wrote nine books about that. I think I wrote, let's see, was it three for one publisher and then six now for Bethany House. And um, I'm writing a new series for them, though, that is There Are No Mennonites. It's, all, it's law enforcement. It's U.S. Marshals. And so the Mennonite thing, I think, is behind me. <laughs> but that's how I got into it. And the fun thing, the fun thing about it was, at first I was like, why am I writing Mennonite? This just doesn't make any sense, you know. But the fun thing about it <clears throat> is that we talked about good and evil. And it really was fun to take the whole Mennonite theme, especially the conservative Mennonites, and balance that against a threat of evil because they were already – it was already set up, okay, to say this is the good mm-hmm. here. These are the innocent people, and here is the evil. And so it, it set the story up in such a nice way that, you know, that balance was, was always there, and I always had that to, you know, to, to use uh, for my story. And <clears throat> the first, you know, the very first series, the Harmony series, that was a lot more uh, conservative Mennonite-based and then there was the Road to Kingdom. But in this series, Finding mm-hmm. Sanctuary, the last one that I did, uh, we brought the suspense up more and moved the Mennonite theme back. And Are you done I with like Mennonites that. now? Or is, is this it for Mennonites? Uh, I, well, let me, uh, let me tell you. <laughs> okay, let me, let me this <laughs> I, I, I believe so. <laughs> but in the meantime, <laughs> I've been writing for guideposts. And they came to me with a series that's Amish. <laughs> so oh, there so you I go. can't get rid of the bonnets. Yeah, no matter what I do, the bonnets are always there, it seems. <laughs> but but uh, for now, well, actually, yes, I think we're leaving the Mennonite theme behind. What was the most interesting thing you found in your research about Mennonites? Most interesting <sighs> fact? or Probably the fact that there was so much that they believe that I agreed with, uh, mm-hmm. that surprised me. Uh, because, um, um, you know, people will say Amish Mennonite, you know, there's, of course, there there are modern Mennonites, or, you know, you can't tell the difference between their church and any Christian church, but we're talking about conservative Mennonites. Basically, that's what I wrote about. And, you know, you think, well, there's this it's legalism. But you stop and think about some of the things about not relying on on so much technology. Well, I think that's mm-hmm. a great thing, frankly. And women dressing conservatively. Well, what's wrong? You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And so actually, the more research I did, the more I thought, well, I think that way too. <laughs> so that was <laughs> nice. You know, that was nice. And now writing an Amish series, in fact, you know, I was surprised too because uh, Guidepost has us use uh, different Amish uh, proverbs and they have they have gobs of them. They have a proverb for every situation, and so wow, and these proverbs and I love them. I write them down and go, wow, this is really good, you know. So I really appreciate the fact that my time spent with the Mennonites and with the Amish has given me a respect for them and more of an understanding of what they believe. And it hasn't, you know, it hasn't caused separation. It's caused more of a, you know, com- coming together and realizing that we have a lot in common. And I, I appreciate that. And now the, the Amish are a bit different from Mennonites. So I suppose that would be a whole right. new, whole new research, you know. Well, it, and, um, you know, they're, they're stricter. They're stricter, yes. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, but still, like I said, you know the proverbs and everything. I, I I've just loved this this Amish uh, mystery series with guideposts. It's been one of the most fun things I've ever done. So anyway, you know, I I wonder. I have to ask, what genre would you secretly like to write in, or what would challenge you as a writer? Actually, what I'm doing right now, my new series with the U.S. Marshals, is the desire of my heart. So, I mean, it's it still calls suspense. And at one time, I mm-hmm. would have said, "Well, why is that? Why? Why is it suspense?" And, well, I mean, why, why is I, it? Why do I enjoy it? Yeah, because why is it I your passion? I have a passion for law enforcement, especially now. It seems like there's mm, been such an attack yes. on law enforcement, and yeah. to be able to to get into their world. I have the most wonderful retired U.S. Marshal who has been helping me with this series. Oh, and that's great. I just am, I'm just so fascinated by everything he has to tell me. And then I have a police officer um, out in Missouri who helps me also. And I've just, I've loved every bit of research and I found it fascinating, but I am so passionate to show who these people really are, the fact that they're heroes and they should be treated like heroes and people need to understand that they're human beings, you know. Um, there's one line, I don't know if I can remember it right now, but one line that, that uh, popped out of my head while I was writing and basically it was saying that uh, we're not, um, oh, I can't remember what it was. Basically it's that they're not people that are out there like trying to be, you know, delegates of whatever, you know, to make people happy. They're mm-hmm. enforcers. They're out there to enforce the law. And, yes. you know, it's a it's a tough business to do that. And so if you're looking for, you know, someone to, you know, try to just make you feel better emotionally at the time, you know, that's not what they're there for. They're there to protect you. And so that has just been awesome. And I've, I've loved it. And I really feel like, I really feel like I'm in my, my own voice this time. I'm really in the voice I was meant to have. And I, I oh, love it. I've loved that's it. fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. Now, you know, um, gosh, the time is flying by. Um, out of all your covers, and I did look at all of them, I have two favorites. And can you guess which ones they are? <laughs> yeah, yes, I can. I bet they're... <laughs> I would guess they're cozy mystery. Is that right? <laughs> they are. I bet my my two favorite ones are Dead of Winter and Bumping Off Binky. You know, and, and I think Dead of yeah. Okay, but, but they're my favorite because well, I love I love killing a clown, but uh, but <laughs> the snowman who's kind of keeled over in Dead of Winter in the snow glass. I just, I love that too. I just I you know I just can't tell you how much I love that. So, <laughs> well, I have to tell you about Banky though. When when we first were that that series was actually supposed to be part of that uh, cozy mystery book club that folded, and so when it folded, ah. the publisher went ahead and published the books I'd written, um, but they didn't like bumping off Binky, so they they changed it to another title, which I won't even say. But anyway, which I didn't care for at all. And so mm-hmm. then when I got the rights back, I got a hold of somebody, you know, my son, and I said, design something 
totally different, and the title is Bumping Off Binky, because that's always what I thought it should be, and so he did. <laughs> and so that's that's what it's titled now, and uh, I really, I like it too, and I love that cover. <laughs> and, uh, uh, well, you know, I had a similar experience as well, because my second book in my series is A Tisket, A Casket, and they didn't like that. They wanted me to call it Just Desserts, which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know. But uh, and so when I was able to, uh, you know, get the rights back and and keep my series going, um, uh-huh. I hired your son. Let's talk about Danny Meal for a minute. You know, tell us about your son. He's very talented. Uh, we know uh, that. Danny is the most talented person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true mother. Now there you go. <laughs> he um, well, he's been. Uh, um, doing graphic design now for well ever since college it's been quite a while and right now he is in St. Louis and working for one of the top advertising firms um, in the St. Louis area and doing graphic design and he's an art director senior art director and he has won awards not only locally but nationally and so I'm just really proud of him and more than even his talent I'm proud of him because he's a good good Christian man and uh, besides, he's just getting ready to give me my, he and his wife are getting ready to give me my second grandchild. So I like Ooh, for that, too. <laughs> so. Fantastic. Well, you know, yeah. while I'm thinking of it, I'm going to um, list your website and also his website if people want to, you know, check that out. Um, oh, wait, I forgot to write his down, but I can say yours, which is um, Nancy Meal, N-A-N-C-Y-M-E-H-L dot com. And, and his is dannymel.com. So okay. It's very easy. Dannymel.com. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's easy. You know, if you can spell <laughs> mel, then you've got it. <laughs> um, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And you won't be sorry if you hire him, let me tell you, because he's fantastic. <laughs> um, so do you have, do you have sort of um, an idea for a someday series, you know, we always, I, I have sort of my dream file, you know, where I sort of keep yeah. these ideas on the side, you know, do you sort of plan things in years like, well, maybe two years from now, I'll get to this idea, but I'm doing this right now. Do you, are you a long range planner? Well, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, right now, if I wrote about law enforcement, the rest of my writing career, I would be satisfied. I do well, that's have perfect, a then. cozy mystery series, you know, that I've been wanting to do for quite some time, and it's still sitting out there. And I think it's a great idea, and I want to do it. Maybe I'm going to do it on my own. I don't know, but uh, that's mm-hmm. the only other thing on the side. Um, I, like I said, I'm the law enforcement thing. I would like to get into maybe, you know, um, I love the U.S. Marshals. I'd like to maybe get into the FBI side a little bit you know, the police department more, stuff like that. It's it's just fascinating to me. And right now, that's just that's just what I want to do. It's very topical. I bet you're, it sounds like you're in your zone now, in the place you, you want to be. Just oh, Well, we'll see how many books sell, and then we'll know if I'm in my a zone. A sweet place. <laughs> yeah, there you well, go. <laughs> well, Nancy, are you ready to do a lightning round? I'm not sure, but I'm trusting you. <laughs> and I'll give it a I shot. Shouldn't say, I shouldn't say lightning because we're getting rained on like crazy around here in Texas. But, um, okay, so true or false, 
Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote science fiction as well as the popular mystery series Sherlock Holmes. True. True, you're right. You know, I don't know if that was a shot in the dark. We're using all these mystery no. terms. But um, <laughs> he wrote a science fiction romance called The Lost World, which would later inspire Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park. And he also wrote historical novels. Okay. So um, which of Agatha Christie's mysteries would likely bring her bad luck? Um, the Mirror Cracked. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You're really good. Well, I love Agatha okay. Christie and Arthur Conan Doyle, so <laughs> so far <Woo>! easy. <laughs> okay, so there's only one of Agatha Christie's detectives to be killed off. Which one? Take a guess, Miss Marple or Hercule Poirot? Hercule. You're right. Again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Okay. Um, she wasn't fond of Hercule and wanted to get rid of him. You know, it's funny. I mean, I haven't met one of my characters yet that I really wanted to get rid of. But I guess she just, maybe she didn't like his mustache or something. Well, I don't know, but I, I, you probably know if you know anything about Sherlock Holmes that Conan Doyle tried to kill him off, too. Because he didn't <laughs> like Sherlock Holmes, but people would not have it. And so they, they wanted him back. And so he brought him back after Reichenbach Falls. He brought him back. So Well, he brought him to the edge. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. And isn't that something I, to think about that, Linda, though, that, that now, I mean, look, Sherlock Holmes is still popular. And, I mean, yes. have, you know, we have Sherlock on PBS, and wouldn't it be cool to write something that was that lasting? That'd be Oh, funny. yes, and have Benedict Cumberbatch star in your yeah, <laughs> I could look at Ben especially that <laughs> in, in that role <laughs> for me there's no other Basil Rathbone d doesn't cut it next to Benedict you know so <laughs> well, Basil Rathbone so he's was always Sherlock Holmes to me but I I, I can scoot him over a little bit for Benedict yeah he is I've I just tell him to scooch over because Benedict is here <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she did wind up getting rid of him in Curtain, the book Curtain, right. where he himself became the killer. Okay, the last the last one is who's the biggest character addict? I'm gonna give you names. Nick and Nora Charles from The Thin Man. I guess they had pickled livers from all the drinking they did. Um, or Sherlock Holmes with his morphine and cocaine habit. Now, ask me the question part again between those two. Who, like, who do you work? think is the biggest addict, biggest addiction problem? Oh, boy. Nick drank a lot. Um, <laughs> I'll go with Sherlock and his 7% solution. You know what? It was more of a rhetorical question, but I but I think that oh. morphine and cocaine <laughs> are more serious, you know. Not that the alcohol so, yeah. Thing. Yeah, Nick and Nora had pickled livers, but, you know, yes, um, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes probably was on his way out, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> Well, you, Nancy Mount, you successfully zigzagged through the lightning round. You did it. Yay. And um, so tell us, tell us where readers can um, and listeners can find you um, on social media and, um, and everywhere else you are. Well, I'm on I'm on Facebook. I have two different pages. 
because someone told me I should have a fan page too, and uh, yes, on my friends page, and I don't care. You know, they can go either one. It doesn't make any difference to me. Yeah. And also, uh, I work with the Suspense Sisters, uh, and that's a blog that has several other uh, mystery writers. You should be with us too, by the way. Yes. And oh, uh, <laughs> and I'd love to. We do a lot of <laughs> review. Well, I'd love to have you. We do a lot of re- we do reviews, we do interviews. Um, if I try to tell you everybody that's on there, I'll forget somebody and feel terrible. But Richard Mabry's on there, and uh, Elizabeth uh, Goddard, and Dana Mintink, and just a whole bunch of people. And we have a give them the website. Give them give them the website. Uh, well, it, you know, it's probably suspensesisters.blogspot.com. But you okay. can find that out for certain because Suspense Sisters is also on Facebook. Okay. Okay, so fantastic. That's good. And are you on Pinterest? I am not yet. I tried that once and failed miserably, but I, I have a young man who's going to try to put me back on, on Pinterest. So Okay, that's good. I will I will be there. <laughs> it's it's very addicting for writers, you know. Um and if I if I didn't think the police would go after me, I would probably have a board about ways to die or stuff like that <laughs> for my research. <laughs> but um I don't I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, we always have what to be about... careful. Do you, do you sometimes after you research oh, we do. look at what you were looking at and say, What if somebody ever sees this? <laughs> We have to be careful. (laughs) So I'm going to end with a, I'm going to end with a mystery quote. Um, A good friend will help you move, but a true friend will help you move a body. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye. I had a delightful uh, time with you, Nancy, and I hope you'll come back when you have um, new, newer releases come out, because I know you'll have a long line of, of new books. I would be happy to, and I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun, Linda. Thank you very much, Nancy. Um, Okay, listeners, that's all for today. Stay cozy, my friends. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like, Swedish techno confusing. Bok, bok, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bok, bok, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. Are you ready to lose those love handles? Do you work hard to stay in shape and eat healthy, yet you can't get rid of stubborn fat? Now there's a clinically proven way to help you look slimmer without surgery or downtime. It's called Sculpture. Sculpture's innovative procedure destroys fat in just 25 minutes with visible results as quickly as six weeks. Sculpture sounds amazing, right? Check it out for yourself by clicking on the banner or go to goodbyefat.com. 